Okay, welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 42. Um, oh, we just lost the hunter. <laughs> that was so fast. <laughs> and, <laughs> we we can't even back. get started. Oh, wow. Yeah, here we are. Next. <laughs> we're oh, my God. So, yeah. Basically, Face uh, is... didn't get the memo. Um, but it was it was a muscle T slash tank top kind of day, Chase. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. The really the, uh, the, the visual here. listeners will really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, no, they will. Yeah, sun's out, guns out. I guess, except for Hunter, because it's currently dark. It uh, is very dark. Here, it's yeah. very dark there. Hey, the sun's out somewhere. Well, yeah, here. Just like it's five p.m. somewhere. Well, I mean, but it's it's six forty-three. Yeah, but it's five p.m. somewhere. Yeah, probably. So what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a neutral seven tonight. Uh, it is basically a vodka soda uh, with blackberry, the current flavor that I've got. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but like. I feel like reason... we have. It sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know. The, the reason why we have like vodka sodas in Canada is because we don't have the same weird rules as the States had where like White Claw had to make a quote unquote hard seltzer in order to basically sell a vodka soda to people. Really? I didn't realize that was what was at issue there. Yeah, so, like, you couldn't have a mixed drink in a can in the States. I don't know if the law is still the same. I think I think it's been changed, because I feel like... Yeah, I've like definitely I've seen, seen mixed seen... drinks in cans. Yeah, well, okay. I feel like I've seen them. I think eventually like, they were just time. like, okay, it's, it. it's the same shit, Yeah. right? But yeah. the reason why, like, White Claw and all of these other things are hard seltzers is because they were hitting a loophole where it wasn't a mixed drink in a can. Um, it was its own alcoholic beverage. But in Canada, we don't have that, so there are a bunch of brands that just make vodka sodas, and Neutral is one of those. Well, what's interesting is I, I believe that, like, White Claws and all of them are actually not based on vodka, though. They're based on, like, a malt alcohol. Yeah, and it. the reason well, because, why is because they yeah, couldn't have a vodka soda they in had a can. To, they had to brew it, or, like, they, they oh. had to create the alcohol in their brewing process slash distilling pro fuck dude I, I i don't know the exact thing but like basically they had to create... they couldn't mix a pre-existing alcohol yeah yeah they couldn't mix okay a okay i see what alcohol in, right like which a hard is, alcohol yeah right which is why you know white claw white claw was the first one in the u.s to to identify and exploit said loophole and which is why they exploded well, I also uh, feel like a big part of White Claw's success is that they weren't trying to make, you know, a lot of mixed drinks are very sweet and, like, uh, caloric if you're going out to a bar. I think the big thing with light White Claw is they managed to, you know, get the idea that instead of having a light beer, have a light seltzer instead that has alcohol in it. So, like, I feel like what you're saying is definitely true in terms of them exploiting the loophole, but I feel like a big part of it was as well, like, here's a fruity drink that is very little, low calories uh, and very different than anything else. Yeah, true. But in the same vein, like there are a lot of different companies in Canada that do that, and they're, they're just labeled vodka sodas uh, because they don't have to exploit that loophole. And like White Claw is now in Canada. It wasn't for a while, but it doesn't have as big of a market share here because there have already been mm. so many pre-established brands that basically sell the same thing as a vodka soda. Um, but I, I would say there is there's definitely a difference, though. Like, yeah, that's what I'm the, thinking. The like, I don't like vodka sodas. Right, like the neutrals and the nudes, like they're fine, but I'd say like I'm pretty sure they have like 
basically like no sugar in them at all. Yeah, they're all they're all zero sugar. Like yeah, they're all like zero sugar neutral, like, and they have vodka. Like I, I don't like the taste of vodka very much. Yeah, yeah it, like, it, it kind of tastes the exact same as like it, it, a seltzer. It's like they basically just cover it up with the, oh, okay, the flavoring. Okay. It's the exact like, same. Not taste, I would be very curious to try one now vodka. to see the difference. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I'm I'm learning things today. I will say, I'm not the biggest fan of them. Like. Given the choice between a white claw and like a nude or a neutral, I'd probably go with the white claw. Yeah, uh, I mean they're I also know. way more expensive for some yeah, reason. Yeah, the, the white claws are way more expensive here. That's probably because they're imported. Yeah, and, and uh, the other ones are British Columbia more, like distilleries. Yeah. yeah, if I think of you know paying top dollar to import something, I wouldn't then go to white claws. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, like, you're uh, paying top dollar to import a Budweiser here, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, like well, maybe Bud Light is expensive like as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I I find that out of that category, I like Truly's the most. Mm. Like that style of drink. Like I I find no, that right. like Truly's the most. Yeah, Truly has a bit more interesting flavors. Yeah, and I feel like they're also yeah. slightly less carbonated, which is something that I very much enjoy. Hmm. I found that since like. I even have a hard time like drinking like sodas and stuff now because I find that they're like way too carbonated. You're getting old gas. Yeah. I know. Well, but, like I think that just came from like drinking beer all the time, which is like less carbonated, and then I just got used to that level of carbonation. There is and a brand having... here that sells vodka waters. Hmm. That like completely non-carbonated versions of all of these, right? Huh. Yeah. Like, like, and once I... again, I'd be curious to see what if they did anything to like mask the flavor because like vodka like actual like mixing vodka with water i think is just disgusting and like nothing to me screams alcoholic more than have making yourself a vodka water <laughs> i mean i drank basically only vodka water last summer as a oh god uh, as a statement. <laughs> well it's a good thing you did it last summer it, it was flavored yeah. vodka that i would use um okay that makes it a little better and i was a doing a no beer summer oh oh okay okay I so see, like Having a bottle of like flavored vodka, although it it was good flavored vodka, I like the forty four North Huckleberry. Shout out to uh, Idaho, my home home state. And uh, you just mix that with water, and fuck, it's a pretty good mixed drink. I I would be surprised if you didn't like it. I mean, yeah, okay, I'd be I'd have to try it. You'd probably like the vodka. The vodka tastes like blue raspberry Jolly Rancher. Oh. Man. Is like the first thing that comes to mind. It's like crazy sweet, very little bite. But it's just made know, like, with I it's don't... just vodka and like like Idaho huckleberries. That's what it is. Yeah. So mm. are the huckleberries especially good in Idaho? I mean, it's the state fruit. So yes, <laughs> very cool. I had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm learning so much today. Well, well should I go into you... my drink? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you drinking? Yeah. Um, I'm drinking some beers that honestly have sat in the fridge for a little bit because I had the first couple from the pack and I was like, eh, these are just all right. So I haven't really been excited to have them on podcast, but here they are. These are the <laughs> Sour Monkey, uh, sorry, the the Victory Berry Monkeys. I got ahead of myself there. I've had Sour Monkey lots, so I, I, I saw this, the Berry Monkey, and decided to give it a go. Um, Sour Monkey, I realized after trying this, has kind of a special place in my heart because of having it all the time on tap at uh, Cornerstone Loft and Grill down in uh, College Park. Unpaid uh, shout out there. Um, and especially you could like get a whole pint of it on drafts uh, for like 
couple bucks on Sundays. Um, but honestly, you know, I realized that if I would if I would have tried Sour Monkey for the first time now, um, I probably wouldn't like it that much. And then having this as Berry Monkey, where it's berry instead of citrus and kind of the same thing otherwise, it just really isn't doing it for me. For those of you who haven't had it, Sour Monkey slash Berry Monkey is like an extremely sour, bitter sour. Like, very little sweetness, huge punch in the mouth, um, high alcohol percentage. Um, yeah. Um, Sounds pretty good to me. It's kind of like yeah. drinking lemon juice. <laughs> sort of. If, and the berry is I, like drinking berry and lemon juice, I guess. Yeah, like, if I remember correctly, the Sour Monkey is a lot like just drinking lemon juice. I, I wouldn't say it's exactly like that, but it has a similar, like, puckering feeling when you get it in your mouth. Like your yeah, mouth. Is I've definitely react. had some sours like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, admittedly, it's, it's been a while since I've had specifically sour monkey, but. Yeah, I'll definitely have a sour monkey on occasion, but the berry monkey was not very mm. exciting. I like the sour monkey better, and the sour monkey has an inflated position in my heart due to how I've drank it in the past. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm drinking a Dino Sour. It's a blackberry sour ale. It showed up in our fridge the other day, and was unclaimed and i didn't quite make it to the liquor store today so, by uh unclaimed does that mean you know it was chases and someone was like oh can i have a bunch of these and just left it in the fridge probably i mean that I would know. be a standard circumstance at our house <laughs> i know i know that seems yeah, like that's yeah. what happens a lot for what chases said so that's what i'm wondering but no in this case i believe it could have been one of Cass's friends who were in town um that ah, that I purchased see, this see. and just didn't consume it but um because they stored a couple of beers in the in that fridge, which we typically store our beers in a, a different fridge if we are yeah. buying them ourselves. Mm, um, I see they didn't they didn't follow the system. Yeah, so someone that well, probably doesn't live here that stored the beers there. Right, but I'm, uh -huh. I'm thinking. So out of my two friends that were in town, uh, like my buddy from high school, pretty much exclusively drinks IPAs, and then his girlfriend doesn't drink beer; she only drinks ciders. Um, so, like, I knew the Summer's Bee that was left in our fridge was definitely hers, but I feel like neither of them would have purchased a sour ale. I don't got know, it, maybe just it. to try it. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know, like, there, there's a chance we could have been at the liquor store, and I was like, oh yeah, I like those. Um, and he might have grabbed one. I uh, don't remember. But, at any rate, uh, it's now mine, and I'm basically done with it, so I'm gonna have to go and grab another beer from the fridge. Uh, it's a dat juice. I forget who brews it. I don't know the can on me quite yet. So you know, maybe, maybe we'll give you a heads up at some point on what that is specifically. Isn't it Strathcona or no? It's definitely not Strathcona. It could be Twin Sales. Okay. You know what? Fuck it. Like I've only got one sip left. I'm gonna just go grab it from the fridge. Um. I mean, the Dinosaur is a classic. Um, the the beer that Cass is now finished. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I've heard of that one on podcast. Like, yeah, we've sure. probably talked about it, yeah. if not had it on the podcast before. I know just... Chase has had it on the pod before. Yeah, I mean, and they have like a bunch of different flavors of the Dino Sour. Mm. But yeah, it's it's pretty good, pretty pretty delicious sour, kind of classic. What basically it's like your your quintessential sour beer. That's what I think of as like a the most basic like the bar is probably gonna have this. Sour yeah, beer. Hunter. I well, see. I see. Uh, but the bar typically doesn't have the blackberry version. They've typically got the stone fruit. The um, stone fruit is like what? Peach, plum. 
Yeah, probably. Yeah. They just call it the stone fruit. So to me, it tastes a lot like peaches. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's the main one. But Hunter, this uh, this beer right here, this particular dino sour, is what Chase was comparing to the volcano sauce. Oh, cool. So what do you think uh, now that you've tried it? Look at the comparison. I absolutely see where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some similarity or some similarities. But it's not as thick. Mm. Which is something I really liked about the volcano sauce. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that's just because it doesn't have the lactose in it. Yeah, you got sauce coming out of a volcano. That stuff isn't, you know, watery. Yeah, it yeah. it sounds like a thick name, you know? Volcano right. sauce. So well, Cass, like, important like, question, which is better? I personally like the volcano sauce more. Ooh. ooh. Like I, I really like that beer. It East was, Coast representing right now. Like I I I was so disappointed, like the first night that I got to um to Aslan and it was the one beer on top that they were out of. And then the next oh. day that I went back they had it. And like I took one sip and I'm like, fuck, this is probably the best beer I've had in months. <laughs> like it, it really stood out to me. And now that's partially because I feel like it had been a very long time prior to that that I'd had a beer and it like knocked me out of the park or just like really wowed me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it being the first one in a really long time that I was like, damn, I really like this, like makes it stand out quite a bit. And so obviously I'm going to be slightly biased towards that one over the Dino Sour. But I think if I had them side by side and you take that factor out of the equation, I think I'd still prefer the, uh, the Volcano Sauce, like slightly. Yeah, fair. Well, the volcano, volcano sauce volcano was volcano good. Sauce at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, is that the beer oh, no, that I had? One, right? Yeah, that's the beer yeah, that yeah, Cash yeah, brought yeah. back for me. I, I, I brought back. Yeah, I, brought I forgot back, about like... that. Yeah, we mentioned that on podcast. Okay, so at any rate, now that that's gone, drinking a Dat Juice. It's a Citra Pale Ale from Twin Sales Brewing. Oh, um, it is Twin Sales. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did kind of nail the brewery. Hmm. Um, I've had this beer a number of times before. But I honestly don't really remember that much about it. So let's see what. I will say it was it Phil or whoever in the chat. Uh, you're getting a lot of your wish of more uh, beer and alcohol content. We've been really <laughs> getting into it today as well. It's pretty much exactly what you would think from the name Dat Juice. And it being a what kind of oil. juice is it? It's like. Citrusy, citra, hoppy, hazy, hoppy, very classic pale ale aftertaste. Like, and citra is a hop, just so people know. Like, that's it's not just Mm -hmm. saying like citrus, but like, yeah, citra is a citrus female version. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep, goes well next to Idaho 7 and Mosaic. Um, Mm. yeah, the namesake of Idaho continues. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> beautiful uh okay right. so valorant stuff mm-hmm. opening topic of the day are there any agents in the game you wish you could play but like you don't because it's either boring or you don't want to go through the effort of learning the agent that's a great question that is actually a super great question because you could go yeah. with this like in multiple ways Right, I feel like you could go with, yeah, it's either boring or, like, you you don't really you know want to take the time, or you could go with, oh, you know, like I wish this was my play style. Oh, I didn't even consider that. 
right? I was just thinking, I know what my play style is, and therefore, you know, like, I mean, for me at least, like Astra, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Astra is the first one that popped into mind of like, damn, pretty like, cool agent. But like, I don't want a fucking player. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to be playing an RTS instead of Valorant. Well, the thing is, like, as somebody who plays a controller mostly, um, or at least a lot of the time, like, it can be my playstyle to sit back and and like play it as an Astra will. Although I play Brim, who is a controller that is a lot more gung ho, and you know, yeah. But when you're playing drop. like Sova, also more on the backside. Of yeah, things. exactly. So I feel like I could like my playstyle could fit an Astra, and yes. I think it would be really cool to know how to play Astro well. But I just don't want to take the time, and I also find Astro play kind of boring. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. it it would probably be, like, better for our comps if I knew how to play Astro well, because Astro is a damn good controller still. That's a good yeah. point. I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. Anyone else pop, popping into mind? Agent wise? I mean, okay. Like, agent wise, like, I would like to try out, like, the new buffed Phoenix now. Ooh. Because his, his flashes are just the hardest fuck to turn from. Like, super aggro, which I like. Um, but I, I don't really want to just rip out a Phoenix in a comp match. And, like, if I am going to play Phoenix, I'm going to want to learn all the the little fucking nerdy shit with him. Like, I'm going to want to learn a couple Molly lineups. I'm going to want to learn some of the the weird, or, like, get really good with the weird uh, flash bounces and stuff like that. And so, like, that's something that, like, I'd have to... Like, I, I would have to play a good number of unrated games before I'd be willing to bring out a Phoenix in. The, the flash bounces are fun. There was like a period of time where I would play a bunch of spike rushes and just like insulock Phoenix so I could do some flash bounces. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm like, I understand the main mechanic of it. And I think that like for standard angles, I could probably get the the flash to like bounce like half decently. But like without actually having experience with it, I know that there's going to be a good number of times where I flash myself. Um, and, like, even back when I played Phoenix, like, so Phoenix was the original agent that I, like, started playing when I first played Valorant. Um, so I know a couple of the, I know a couple of the, like, gimmicky flash spots and, like, when to flash behind you and swing in front of your flash. Um, like, I'm thinking, like, out of, out of bind hookah when you're on defense is like the one that I know best. Like I know how to throw it so that it like, actually now that I think about it, I'd probably have to stand closer because the flash pops sooner now. Right. Or does it still travel the same distance just faster? I think it travels the same distance, but faster because I feel like it'd be really for any of the Phoenix mains left (laughs) before the buff happened. It'd be really annoying if they had to relearn the trajectory of their flash. Okay. But like even, like, even then, like, I might have to stand a bit closer so that, like, I can swing right before it flashes behind me, because now it moves faster. Because, like, I, I used to know exactly where to stand to get it to, like, pop flash out of hookah um, behind you as you, like, swing people coming out onto sand. 
So, like, that's probably still more or less the same. But, yeah, Phoenix is Phoenix is definitely one of those agents that came to mind. Um, and then the other one's Neon. But Hunter's been picking up the Neon, so I'll let him have that for now. <laughs> well, I wasn't actually going to cover Neon because I have been starting to pick up Neon. So, clearly, I'm willing to try to put in some effort to learn her. The two that I that came to mind for me would be, for one, Ray's. Because I think Ray's blast packing is so cool, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, very difficult to, to learn. Very different than anything else in the game. Um, she's just really strong. And, obviously, here comes the party as her ult. One of the most impactful ults in the game, in terms of the amount of emotion you make the enemy feel. Um, and the amount of impact you can have with it. Um, so Raze is the first one that comes to mind. And then the second one that comes to mind for me is Chamber. Um, I like, I do like opping on occasion. And the reason I haven't like fully, you know, sent it and been like, yo, I'm going to be an opper is sort of twofold. For one is that Cass is the opper on our team. So I would be a secondary opper, which only makes sense on the defense side of some maps to actually have that. And, um, and also just because that's a playstyle that's very common. Like, I, I feel like it's pretty rare that I get into a solo queue game and on defense, someone on my team doesn't want to op. So, like, for me to get to a point where I feel good enough about opping to, like, okay, now I'm going to actually, you know, buy an op and, you know, put myself out there and say, yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, and hopefully get the rest of my team to not also buy two other ops in the same round. Um, that That's a little intimidating. So I haven't followed up on it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I don't. I was actually in a, a, a rarer circumstance for me, but I solo queued the other day. Um, we did get kind of hard carried by Arena. I was not playing very well. But so I was playing Jet on Breeze. And. Mm -hmm. The attacking chamber bought an op. We won the round. Omen picked it up and just tossed it at me in, like, oh. the buy phase, right, of mm -hmm. the next round. And I was sitting there being like, well, I, I guess I'll op. But I wasn't really planning on it. Like, I was like I was playing on defense. I was playing, like, a very aggro jet and just, just pushing out, like, a, a given area on the map, right? Like, either push out of B-Main or, like, push down uh, Elbow or push up through Halls. Just, like, I, I was I was playing very aggressively to figure out, like, kind of poking and prodding. Because the mm -hmm. enemy team was um, was uh, defaulting pretty well. Um, and so I was just trying to figure out, like, where... We, we identified that the Viper on their team carried Spike every round. That's really important and, to be able to, like, figure that out. Yeah, so, like, yeah, we identified the Viper on their team as carrying Spike every round, and where if we could find her at the start of the round, even if, like, we just saw her, like, it was very likely that they were going to end on that site. Oh, that's huge info. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we identified that pretty early in the half, and and she would also delay putting her wall down. So, like, the wall wouldn't come out immediately. Mm -hmm. um as part of their default it was like hey we're gonna we're gonna wait around see what we get and and then we'll put the wall down and then we'll exec onto this site um and maybe we pulled a couple of rotates to the other site maybe we got a pick or two was kind of the way they were playing 
So once you saw that wall, you're like, okay, here comes the exec. Yeah, pretty much. But like, because she didn't put the wall down until they were about to exec, it, it was nice to like push up and identify where the Viper was. Even mm-hmm. if like, even if you just like jiggle peek her and see her and you don't get any shots off or anything like that. It's like, okay, they're, they're kind of like, or the Viper's by caves. So they're probably going to eventually end up back at caves for their exec. Um, and maybe we should put some extra presence in um, in halls in case somebody's trying to work their way up there. Uh, okay, but at any rate, this has been a huge tangent. So, but it was, it was an interesting situation when the op was just tossed on me because that was mm-hmm. not the way that I had been playing. Which is weird game. because you're an op crutch, as we yeah. all know. Yeah. So, I was like, but did the op on jet, it just like, I I feel like it just doesn't make a ton of sense anymore. I mean, if that's the only way you're going to get kills, then it, it makes sense for you. So ooh, I don't ooh, see what brutal. the problem is here. Mm. I mean, you, you self-proclaimed earlier that yeah. y- it was a bad game. It was a bad game. And you me. were trying to not op as Jet. So it, maybe it, the real answer is you should have been oping more. Mm. Spicy. The op is just so like okay. Actually, if I'm on attack, oping as jet still feels fine now because yeah. I get to dictate the terms. <laughs> I love the fact that you know you're talking about oping on jet, which is the most was is a little controversial to even do in solo queue. What? Because if you're imagining if you're if you're one if you have another if you have another duelist or two on your team, then you're chilling. But like. You know, I feel like in ranked, it's really nice to have your jet actually like entry. As Cass was trying so, to do like, in this game. Well, there. Well, yeah, we, yeah, but yeah. you're talking about defense, though, right? Right, right. But also, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. mention we've oh. got a we we had a rain on our team who hard carried us. Right. Okay. Okay. So like. So like, it, that, it's uh, fair you if you happening. pick up yeah. the op. Yeah, Definitely. like it's not like yeah, yeah. Okay. I I would not op on offense if I'm our team's dedicated entry. Unless the situation really fucking called for it, which I know, I, I the only situation I can really think of that really calls for the attacking op is if the enemy team has like an op down each angle, like if they're gonna buy multiple ops. Yeah, that's the only time where I can really see the attacking op like be like the attacking op on jet as the solo duelist be something that is just like okay, fuck, like. I'm going to take this duel. I'm going to beat the guy and then we can work I mean, our way up. Or if they have an op on a single angle and they're just really good at holding the other site with like a bunch of delay utility and you're like, okay, well yeah. we can't push a site, but we know that B site has an op on it. Right. Like we're getting no success at a and mm-hmm. B we know is being held by an op every round. Uh, Like I could see opping on, on attack there as well to to try to counter that yeah yeah but no yeah it was basically just like it, it seemed like nobody on the team really wanted to op in that context which like you know it happens but i don't know it, it's just kind of like a counterpoint to what hunter was saying but i feel like you might not be as you know like if if you did lock the chamber right I feel like 
your like a chamber on your team is probably the person you toss the off to. Yeah, if you're mm-hmm. gonna not calm to your team, like, hey, does anyone want the op? Or say no one responds to that calm. Like if you're gonna like randomly pick one up at the end of the round, um, and you pick it up anyway, then like yeah, you're probably just tossing it to the chamber or the jet, but more so the chamber at this point. Yeah. It was funny because Chamber popped into my mind immediately of like, do I wish that I played this agent? And mm-hmm. I was like, nah, ops. <laughs> because I really, I fucking hate ops. I'm so bad at them. Do I wish that I was better at ops? Also kind of not. I'm fine with not being good at ops. Yeah, I feel like that's, um, it's, like, oping in general, I feel like is like a, a slightly interesting, um, what's the right word like subsect of ways to play just because you find that um like going back to like cs days right where everybody plays kind of the same character it's not like you've got dedicated abilities that do one thing or another right you'll you'll find that in in quite a few situations the majority of players will grab the off if it's effectively free Right? Like, if you kill the enemy team, if you exec onto site, right, and you kill the enemy team, you kill their opper, and the ops just down on site, we'll see that often, like, when the situation calls for it, like, people pick up the op and just make use of the op because it's there, it's on the ground, I can use this. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I find that I think Valorant's kind of interesting in that regard that you very rarely see that. And it leans into, like, I was thinking about this, because, um, like, if I'm on a retake, right, and I have a rifle in my hands, but as I'm walking up to retake, I just find find an op on the ground, kind of right where I'm planning on peeking from anyway. You're definitely like, maybe, not going to pick that up. Well, no, I'm thinking, maybe I'll grab the op, oh. take this one peek. If I get a kill, great. If they're not there, pick the rifle back up. Oh, okay, I see. Right? I see. I'm just saying, like, maybe I'll just use the op because it's free, because it's on the ground in this one isolated scenario. And I would probably do that on any agent. Whereas I chase, for example, would never do that. No, fuck that. There's no, I'm so much better off with my Vandal. Yeah, honestly, even though I like opting uh, a decent, like somewhat, I probably wouldn't do that as well, just because I would be worried about in a retake scenario, someone swinging me from much closer than I expect. And then the op, you know, being a liability. Like, I guess in in the very specific case, if I'm, like, retaking a site Haven and, and I get comms from the rest of my team that all of their team is long and they're playing, like, they, they're planted for long, then maybe then I consider it. But, like, in, like, a standard a site retake, there's no way I'm doing that because if I'm, like, peeking towards short and then someone swings me, like, from hell, like, I'm kind of screwed with the op in my hands. Okay, but say say you're on a retake A, right? Yeah. You're, the opera on your team died heaven mm-hmm. as the exec was going down. During your retake, you go up to heaven. Would you not pick up the op there to just see if you could get a pick, either short or long, before I grabbing w- the rifle to jump out of heaven? I mean, in that case, yes, I, I would grab the op with, uh, with the uh, caveat that heaven isn't smoked in this case, which yeah, it yeah, often yeah. is for most of the round. But if heaven wasn't smoked at this point, then yeah, I would definitely consider grabbing the op real quick. Right. Whereas I'm saying Chase would never do that. Chase would just swing with the Vandal. Yeah. I see, I see. Because I don't want to fucking op. 
I have a way better shot with the Vandal. So getting a <laughs> one tap headshot. Like, yeah, but you've been buying the you've been buying the Marshall lately. Yeah. Ooh. I, I well, do are you it playing the Marshall where like I, I buy yeah, a Marshall and a Stinger <laughs> in the in like the same kind of scenarios, but depending on I mean not same kind of scenarios, but monetary scenarios like like economic mm. scenarios i buy them the same because they cost the same amount um but it's either am i going to be seeing a lot of like long angles in the way i'm going to play this round or am i seeing close angles and then i choose marshall or um or stinger but i'll chase a question stinger. for you yeah oh first of all i love to hear that yeah. it's, it's, i'm you know a little spooked i almost cut that off Anyway, um, when you are marshalling, are you more of a go for headshots marshaller, or like a just get get those quick body shots and get out of there, double tap to the body? Mm. I mean, I'm a go for headshots marshaller because that's okay. the that's the way I'm going to get the kills. But I often find mm. myself not hitting headshots with the marshal. I see. I see. Um, I just the way that like scoped weapons work, I. Mm -hmm. I'm just not very good at them, right? See, like, I'm I not see. very good at flicking with a scoped weapon. Um, yeah, the reason why I was asking is I was trying to figure out how well your martial skill would correlate to op. Because the thing is, if you're going for headshots primarily with your aim with a martial, that translates much worse to op. Because obviously you'll be missing a lot more shots if you have to hit the head with the op based on your normal targeting. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking of headshots with the martial, but more often than not, like, I'll, I'll like, get a flick, hit a body shot, and then die, and then I think, okay, well, I've kind of done what I needed to this round of, like, okay, now this person could die to, like, a teammate's frenzy pretty easily. Instead of I got my one, it's I got my half. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which, you know, with a yeah. marshal is pretty good for me. Hey, so, you know what? In, in an eco round, you take what you can get. <laughs> yep. You know, if you set up your Reyna who's last alive to, you know, get a 3k clutch, like... And that's perfect. Exactly. Fine. That that's what you're looking for. At least when I have a marshal, I'm yeah. I'm looking for initial peak of I could probably head tap somebody on an initial peak. Uh and then after that, if I'm trying to like take any space with a marshal, it's see if I can hit a couple people in the body and then weaken them for one of my teammates with a closer range or more more like, you know, automatic style weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was thinking about it, I'm like, if I peek at the same angle. I'm probably more likely to get a headshot with a frenzy than I am with a marshal. However, I mean that's definitely true for me. I really don't use marshals. The marshal. Yeah, like if yeah. I if I peek an angle and somebody's holding me down long, like I'm much mm. more likely to get that headshot with a frenzy. Really, the frenzy is just so. It's just not going to kill range, them. Though. Yeah, but, like, forget about whether it kills or not. I just feel like it's super inaccurate. I don't know. There's some, like, long frenzy kills that I have. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not arguing that. I, I used well, to be just a, to be clear, Cass, what Chase myself. is saying is, is that he's so inconsistent with the marshal, and I'm not judging because yeah. I also am, that even if the frenzy doesn't hit the headshot every time it's lined up, it's still going right. to hit more often than Chase's marshal, exactly. which would be true just for me as well. Because, the, yeah. uh, because I'm so bad with flicking on scoped weapons, mm -hmm. and especially peeking angles with scoped weapons. Like, I prefer to hold an angle at first and see if someone peeks me with the marshal. Um, right. And then take like taking any space with it, I'm just I fuck, I got a marshal now.
the Marshall no scope though is so fucking good. Yeah, I can't it really use is. it very well because at that range, like I'd rather be using a stinger. Amen to that, brother. I know it's one of the things that like I personally need to get better at is like mm-hmm. when I'm um when I'm swinging um something. Or, okay, no, no. When I'm swinging something, the wrong way to put it. Basically, when I get a body shot on someone, my immediate reaction should be fire again, right? Just no scope, fire at him again. Whereas Even if it's instead, long range, yeah. Because the no scope accuracy is so good, you can fire so fast when you don't like rescope again, right? Um, but I have the the built-in habit of every time I take a scoped uh, weapon shot, I pull my knife out. And then pull the gun back out. Which mm. with the op, that come like that comes from a CS thing in which it's in your advantage to do so. Whereas in Valorant, they made it so the time is basically the same whether you do or you don't. But with yeah. Marshall, you can fire way fucking faster if you don't pull your knife out and then pull the Marshall back out. Mm-hmm. So like That would be an absolute that would be kind of a throw if you did it that way. Yeah, but like I'm saying, like I just have the mental habit of fire shot, knife out. You also mm-hmm. you also have the mental habit of fire shot, get out of there. Yep. Yeah. Right. So you're not even sticking around long enough, for the most part, to uh, to take that second shot. Or if you are, like, if you don't have a teleporter or a dash ready to go, then you're probably just trying to get behind another angle. Right. You're like, okay, hide. Yeah. But I should be taking that second shot. Insert. That's interesting. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's why I, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't choose Chamber as a character that I really wanted to play. But I was gonna throw a as like a another character I, I kinda wish that I knew how to play or put the time in to play more. Um throw in a sage there. Ooh. Because interesting pick. Yeah, I, it is a bit of an interesting pick because um, I don't really play Sentinels at all. But I feel like Sage kind of could suit a like a play style, like kind of a peripheral play style to, to how I play. Um, but, you know, could be useful. And I think there's some really cool things you can do with Sage because you can obviously do like Battle Sage, weird Grimwall style. Uh, and then you can play a lot more, you know, defensive or uh for your team and support your team with sage as well so i think that it gives a lot of flexibility that i would probably enjoy but i don't have the time to like learn or i don't i don't want to put in the time to to learn how to play sage effectively mm-hmm. I, although i will say i feel like sage has one of the shallowest is that the right word yeah, yeah, shallowest learning curves of any agent. I feel like she requires some of the least, you know, practice. And the, like, really high, like, difficulty stuff you can do with Sage is just very situational. Like, slow orb lineups, for example. Like, if you want a combo with a Raisinade or something, like, that could be cool. But, like, how often are you going to use that? Like, I feel like the basics of Sage are pretty easy to learn relative to the other characters. True, but I'm going to want to know Sage some, like, Grim lineups. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Yeah, but even some... Grim Walls, like if you see a Grim Wall once, it's pretty. It's not like a shock dart where like 
you know, you have to remember the specific spot to put to put like point in the sky because with the sage wall, once you know that the sage wall can stick to this part of the terrain, then you can just see if it will go on that part of the terrain in game. And then if you get it right, you use it. And then if you don't, you're like, oops, I guess I need to watch Grimm's video again. So it's a lot more forgiving in terms of being able to learn that. Right. But like there, there's some ones where you have to do like this backward jump as you put it down. Like there, there, yeah, I there probably are wouldn't some be weird, learning that shit, but like there's some weird well, yeah, but, but that's, interactions, man. That's where it comes down to what I was saying. If that stuff is so situational, like where you would need to do that kind of stuff or that to be like a good sage. Yeah, that, but that's the cool part. That's why you play Sage. Is it though? I feel like there are plenty of there's plenty of wall plays that are just like I can go up on my wall and surprise them from this position that don't require any sort of like you know time messing around in custom games to be able to do reasonably. Well, I also thought it'd be so like I'm still waiting to get baited by a wall in mm-hmm. the middle of like. Just, like, in the middle of the fucking sky as I'm executing onto site. I'm just waiting to the day where I get baited and my crosshair's, like, staring up at the top of this wall trying to suit the sage that's up there. And she's just, like, standing on default <laughs> with her gun in her hand. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. I mean, I think you're more likely to run into that situation if they were on top of that wall, got pushed off by a teammate, and you didn't really realize. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> but, like... I feel like that could be a lot more common. Yeah, Yeah. I'm thinking that like I'm I'm the primary entry. I'm smoking and dashing into sight. I pop out of my smoke. Ooh, sage wall. Crosshair goes up, and then sage is just like standing next to me. I I think it'd be funny. Could could happen, but I feel like that's something that might happen a lot more at higher elo, because you might be expecting it. Right, you're Mm -hmm. expecting that, but like. A sage is probably not going to do that at our elo because fucking half the time people aren't going to realize when exacting on a site, oh, sage, well, I should put my crosshair up there. Mm-hmm. Right? They're going to be like, oh, that's weird. And then keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is why grim walls can be so effective. But yeah, th- yeah, that's a similar concept as to why I don't want to pretend to be my decoy in this elo because most yeah. of the time people just shoot the decoy. <laughs> I mean, I'll matter. fucking shoot the decoy, but I'll yeah. dodge it. Mm-hmm. If you hit that headshot, you know it, it's either you're flashed or you killed him. So you might as well just turn there away. There you have it. See what you're yeah. saying, <laughs> but not in practice, Cass. No, 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 no. In 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 practice, I uh, I whip a couple shots on him. I realize it's the decoy, but like that message doesn't get sent to my hand yet. The hand's on a bit of a delay here, um. So the hand still shoots the decoy anyway, even though the brain knows it's a decoy. I I just find myself like really good at dodging the decoy flash, or I find the decoy flash easy to dodge. It's one of those two. Um, yeah, where I'm just totally fine with shooting it most of the time because I'll just dodge it. I mean, yes, I have to then turn my crosshair away from the angle for a sec, so it would have been advantageous for me not to shoot it in the first place, but. I'm not going on someone's YouTube clip. Yeah, exactly. And like, not that much harm done. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, f- I feel like from using Yoru's decoy, uh, there are basically the decoy has a wide variety, like wide variety of like usefulness. To where there are some situations where you know you put it in front of the team, and if someone's holding like a very narrow angle and it's the first thing they see, and then they just like go away for a second and turn away, then your decoy didn't necessarily get all that much value, even though it told you that they were in that area. Um, but you know, you know, it's more, it's more. I feel like up close that the decoy has the most impact because one of the biggest things that I, I realized after using the decoy, which is kind of funny because technically this was true of the footsteps before the decoy was even a thing, is that if you basically, if you and your decoy are both going towards a corner that there is an enemy behind and you're swinging wide and your decoy is close, at least at, at our ELO, I've found that the person on the other side of that doesn't do a good job of realizing, okay, there are two sets of footsteps here. Well, sometimes they just wouldn't even know it was just me and my decoy. But like, basically a lot of times they don't notice like, okay, the one inside is going to be his decoy and the one outside is going to be him. And because the one inside is, is first, they put their crosshair over towards my decoy, even if they don't shoot it. And that helps me out a lot. I have a couple clips of that actually. Um, which I thought was really interesting since I didn't really expect that when the decoy came out, that wasn't necessarily a a use case I thought of for it, but it definitely works. But yeah, if you're just like in the open and the person, the Yoru isn't immediately following up and you shoot the decoy and it flashes you, but you dodge it, then yeah, it didn't really screw you over that much. The decoy doesn't give you like mini map vision, does it? No, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you see your decoy on the mini map, but you, your decoy doesn't reveal things to you on the mini map. Kind of cool if it did. It'd be kind of busted if it did. <laughs> would it though? That would be yes. That yes, because re- it could fully clear angles. The decoy yeah, is a boy. very good ability. If if at this point with Yoru, if there's any issue with Yoru at like a fundamental lot level, rather than like you know specific tuning, it's that his E is just not like his his basic teleport. His E, whether it's the fake or the real thing, just doesn't compete well enough with the ease of top duelists in the game, namely uh, raises grenade and jets dash. Like all the rest of his, like his, his ult is, is very good, uh, has a wide variety of uses. His flashes and his decoy are both really solid abilities. Um, it, it really, the question is, is his TP worth it? But like, yeah, I, I don't think that his decoy needs a buff at all, even though of course I would not argue with it if it, if it did hit. I think that's a fair take. Um... It seems like the, the biggest problem with Yoru is that are you going to get value out of this teleport or are you going to try to outthink somebody and they're just not going to like get baited by it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also what I was referring to, just to be clear, is the pro scene or slash high level. Like, you know, I had fun playing Yoru in ranked and did well doing it. So, like, I don't think Yoru is at the level of... I think probably the worst is like Cypher now where like he is just awful at ranked and very situational in pros. Like if you're playing Cypher in ranked, like, you know, if, yeah, you're just not, you're just, you're just deliberately nerfing yourself. Yeah, pretty much. I, obviously there are good yeah. Cyphers, but I think that that's more to the player themselves being really good. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. just, you know, vibing well with his kit which was me with Yoru before his buff. But, like, Cypher's kit is the weakest for, like, solo queue play, I think, of any in the game. 
yeah, it's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. The the camera is not great. It like I've seen very few ciphers in my recent games, but even fewer like good cameras where they actually have an effect on the round. You're not seeing good cameras from Tony. I'm shocked. Yeah. Hey, Tony doesn't play Cypher anymore. And I think it's probably because of all the shit yeah. that we gave him on this podcast, even though he doesn't listen to it. <laughs> well, we also gave it to him in game. Exactly. Yeah. Like we give it to him like to his face. Yeah. So <laughs> mm-hmm. for the same reasons that we've talked about on the podcast, at least. I don't know. I mean, in that Pearl game we played the other day where they had a Cypher, I feel like his cams weren't terrible. No, but did they really have that much of an effect on the round? I, I never felt like I... On retake. Yeah, but like, sure, I mean, you already burned, knew he where... Burned, he burned five seconds off the clock. It's just not as good as it should be. That's the whole point of this, right? Like, yeah. Okay, so here's Like, me burning out. five seconds off the clock is, is not a huge deal. Yeah, it can be Phoenix situationally. Yeah, Phoenix Molly is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hear me out. What if they introduced this feature, right? Where your camera was able to shoot like bullets. Okay, okay. God damn right? it, guess. <laughs> Take me back. And even wilder to a time before I even... it was like it wasn't intended. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a feature, not a bug. Important mm. clarification, Hunter. <laughs> what if it was a bug where your to gun literally popped out of the wall? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Everybody gangs until the cipher gun is on site. Yeah, some of those clips, like, I, I'm pretty sure this was before I even started playing the game that this bug was in existence. But Yeah, it, it, I believe it was like the first couple months of the game being out. Yeah, the, <laughs> the fucking clips of this cipher gun camera bug are so funny yeah like just to see a gun sticking out of the wall where the camera is it's like a fucking turret yeah and the funny thing about it is that like that (laughs) speaking of killjoy that bug existed before killjoy was a thing and cypher was actually a pretty strong character all things considered so (laughs) that bug that buffed him so much was when he least needed it when he came to the meta (laughs) Do you think if that bug was in the game, it'd make Cypher viable, though? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, it would. You could put a sheriff on your cam and then just have a sheriff shooting from, like, anywhere that you could get a cam to. Yeah, let's, say, let's say it's a classic. Okay, it has to be a classic. It can't be anything better. Yeah, yeah. yeah still insane. There are so many cy- Cypher cam yeah. locations that are, like, in weird-ass spots that you could see someone from, like, far away. That you, if you could get, like, a couple shots off and there's literally no risk to you. Yeah. That's fucked. And what I'm yeah. thinking about as well is that if your cam regenerates or if you just save it for towards the end of the round. Like, obviously, if early round you just chucked your cam out where there was five of the enemy team... Like, obviously, they're going to shoot your cam, but even if they are all whiffing for some reason, you only get probably, like, a shot or two off and can't kill someone. But, like, if you're thinking about late in the round, the entire enemy team is weak. A classic headshot will probably kill most people. And just being able to, you know, just, cam out and just shoot people. Yeah, I like, think yeah, about the that's, that's kind of busted. Ex- oh, my God. Yeah, the post play potential, that would be insane. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying you to know? think whether, like, whether I think it's fair that you can see like, Cypher's setting their stuff up, right? 
Oh, like, that you can see like, like the stuff throw, going out. Yeah, when they throw yeah. their cam, when they throw their cam, right? You can see the throw of that cam. Same, same thing with their trap wires. Now, I'd say mm-hmm. in the context of Killjoy, it's fair that you can see that. It's all closer range stuff deployment, at least, right? Well, I mean, you, you got some Killjoy. I mean, Molly. The only reason I'm saying this is because of Molly lineups. Like, you should be able to see the fact that there's a Molly being thrown at you. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I'm thinking that, like, I don't know how fair it is for me to see that, like, oh, he just yoinked a cam over there. Now, obviously, as soon as he enters the cam, it becomes visible, right? But I don't know if I should be able to destroy that cam before he even activates it. I mean, lorically, it makes the most sense because he's got to put it the, the camera. camera up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, you know, throw in some tech stuff. He's got some like, yeah, but the cam has stealth when it's not active. True. Why can't it have the stealth when you throw it, lorically? Yeah, maybe it could be a thing, like... I'm trying to think if there's any, like, example of how this would be similar. Um, Basically, where you can hear it going through the air. Like, sort of like a KO flash before they they made it so they don't make sound. (laughs) So, like, you know how you could hear the KO flash even if you weren't looking at it? Maybe that's how it could be. So it's invisible, but you can hear it going. So if it's going to, like, a really standard spot, you can still, like, shoot on the wall and get it. But, like, you can't see where it's going. Until the cipher activates it. Right, because I was thinking there were multiple times in that Fracture game we are playing where, like, I literally just saw on the wall where the cipher threw it up. In, like, a post-plant scenario. And you shot it. And I just shot it down immediately. Right. And, like, like, okay, cool. There goes 45 fucking seconds where I can't use this. Dumb. Like, I, I feel like you should be able to enter the cam before you can break the cam. Well, I feel like there should be... The issue with that is then the, the, the cam becomes literally guaranteed value. Okay, where, well, like, no, no, no. It okay, becomes sure. better than a Silva shock dart. I mean, not shock dart. A Silva recon dart where that can be shot before it pings anyone. Whereas, like, then the, the Silva cam... I mean, the... God damn it. The cipher cam, then that would just immediately show you up whatever picture you initially get, even if you can't move it. So I feel like that would be too strong. Yeah. You literally couldn't shoot it before it was activated. Yeah, I feel like you should be able to shoot it before it's activated, but I I th- Well, yeah, as I'm thinking okay. about it, I don't know if this is I don't know if this would be better, but one one way to sort of, you know, split the middle would be it's invulnerable on the wall when you first place it or on whatever the surface it's on. And then when you activate it, there's like a half second delay where the cam becomes visible, but Cypher can't see anything out of it yet as it's like coming out of its invulnerability shielding. So then that's your opportunity because it makes a noise as well. So then you have like a half a second to shoot it once it comes online before Cypher sees anything out of it. That I think could work. I don't know. People from shooting it right as it goes on the wall. They would have to I think, think about it later. You're buffing something and at the same time giving it a worse nerf. It could be. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not saying that I think that's a great solution. I'm just saying that's I think that's a way to do invulnerability that wouldn't be just an insane. Yeah, yeah, I I think no, bizarre. but like probably along the lines of what we we're saying earlier is just have it be fucking invisible and you throw it on the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the simplest and best thing. Mm-hmm. But also Cypher is not among the list of agents that I wish I knew how to play. 
I think he's boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which also, Hunter, as you were saying, that you wanted to play Raze. I also just think Raze is fucking boring. I feel like we've talked Which about Which is a bizarre take. Yeah. Yeah. It's the we've worst take. That is a strange take. It is the worst like, take. Uh, like, it's so weird, I have a hard time calling it a bad take. Because it's just like, how does your head get to that idea? Lady who has explosive and everything, you can fly through the air and pull out a rocket launcher. Yeah, they're really boring agents. AOE lame. Um, okay, so this, but... this comes down to what I was saying a couple podcasts ago, where I think Riot sometimes takes, when it comes to their game, like this general principle, and then applies it in situations that it doesn't make sense. That's what you're doing right now, Cass. You're like, AOE is just lame regardless of how it is. And you apply it to a really cool agent for some reason. Uh, that's my take. No, Cass mind. only likes agents that get out of jail for free, and Raze has has some skill involved with actually using blast packs to to yeah. maneuver yourself oh. out, into and out of situations. And Cass would rather just hit a button. Funny, funny. Yeah, something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. I think you discovered um, it. But also, I wish I could play Ko. Interesting. I think it's fuck. Oh, oh, but like, I'd play Ko like. Like, I'm not fucking left-clicking that flash ever. Like, fuck my team. You do know you have two of them, right? You could left-click one to set up your team. No, and no, no, dude, one I need, to right I click need for yourself both later. of them to pop flash for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> KO's pop flash, unlike, you know, Phoenix's weird bounce-off-the-wall flashes, is really easy to use, though, especially since you've played CS. So I'm sure you'd adapt to that pretty quickly. Yeah, 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 but like, dude, I just want to fucking just whoop, just a little uh, right-click out of a smoke. Perfect pop flash, jump out, like stare at people without, like, you know, what's that thing on their face? You know what I'm talking about? Like, the, you the flash the indicator, the blind yeah, indicator. Uh, yeah, exactly, that thing. <laughs> well, see, I don't get those because I play Chamber and Jet and my team doesn't fucking flash me into fucking sight. Well, they don't have an in game name, so it's not like I see them and it says, this <laughs> no, enemy currently has the flash effect. Basically, I don't get to swing out of a smoke and see that flash effect on Bullshit. People. I get to swing out of the smoke and just see a person fucking staring me down. <laughs> well, okay, in the other scenario, you don't get to see that either because you're flashing for your team. Oh, in your context? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I'm going to right click. You you don't get to swing out of any smokes because, you know, you don't you, you don't have any smokes as KO and your team's not going to smoke for you. So, like yeah, that, no, that's literally team, the argument that you're the giving right now. The team is going to smoke off the main entrance to site. And they're going to be like, uh, haha, fuck them. They can't get in now. And I'm going to stand in the middle of smoke with my KO flash in my hand. I'm going to pop out and I'm going to stare at like three people full fucking blind. And I'm going to whiff every shot. But I'm going to get to look at people with that little flash icon on their head. I mean, more like more likely that uh, you swing out. There's one person with that blind, and two people that uh, were on angles that didn't see your flash, <laughs> and yep. then you're just being stared down by two people, and you die. Also, I really want to have the satisfaction of hearing "Here comes the party," and then just ko knifing. That is that That's, is true. That is seems very satisfying. satisfying. Also, a neon, if you get it just right, where they're just sliding into the open with their ult and no gun. <laughs> when you hit them, they just finish their slide and they have a classic. Yeah, that's, that's pretty great as well. It's like, KO has the get-out-of-jail-free card, 
for Razal. Mm, mm, that's an interesting way to look like, at it. Yeah, Razal yeah. Online, you're just like X. I mean, if it's up. Yeah, but like, same thing with Jet Dash or Chamber TP. Like, if it's up. True, true, but like you're using the uh, the Ko knife for other reasons as well, like info gathering and execs and shit. Right, yeah. like there are other uses other than get out of jail free. So you could like be exacting on the site, have used it, and then the raise pops are old much more often than you're in a situation of a gunfight and don't have like a jet dash or a chamber TP. Mm-hmm. That's why you get a 5k every round and pick up a couple orbs. So you get your alt every round. Beautiful. You're yeah, just 5k plus plant. You're yeah. good to go. You're just not thinking far enough, Chase. Yeah, no, I prefer when the enemy knows where I am. <laughs> I'm realizing it's funny that you said KO because you know me and me and Chase both Chase used to play KO sometimes I currently play KO sometimes mm-hmm. so like if you wanted to play KO like it wouldn't be that huge of a difficulty in terms of you wouldn't have it wouldn't be like you had no one to ask how it works no 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 it's just like I don't wanna <laughs> yeah. too, much, too much work funny I don't wanna like See, because like if okay, so like if we're gonna play an unrated game, right? Yeah. And now if we're Which playing we an very unrated rarely game, do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like let's say we're playing an unrated game. If Tony's in the unrated game, I kind of have to lock Jet, just because it pisses him off. Um, oh, oh, oh. Okay, I was gonna say, why do you have to like carry in an unrated? No, no. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> like I have to lock the Jet just to piss Tony off. But let's say Tony isn't in this unrated queue. It's like I would probably just pick the neon. Or the Phoenix before I got around to picking the KO. And so I feel like KO's just gonna sit on the back burner for like all of eternity. I think he's a really cool agent. And it'd probably be nice for certain team comps, which is kind of the second thing that I'm gonna get into here. But like I think it'd be nice in a couple of our team comps if I had the ability to play that initiator flash agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I would I would agree. Okay, so the second thing that I was going to go into is, what is the character that you wish each of us could play for team comp purposes? So basically, you're playing the agent you want to play, so what agent do you prefer the other two people would play? No, 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 no. Basically, I'm saying, like, you know when we're in a situation where we're staring down a team comp in the lobby? Yeah. And it's like, well, shit. No one plays smokes on this map. Or I think like... you're saying the same thing different ways, Cass. You're okay, saying maybe. Right, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, my yeah, point yeah. is so you in that case are playing an agent you want to play. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but that you don't have the rest of the roles being locked. So right, you, you right. wish me and Chase would play these agents. And that's right, the question. Right. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. like what agent do you wish that like I had in my repertoire or Chase had in his repertoire to better suit certain team comps, assuming you're playing the agent that you want to play on that given map. See, I find this question really hard because Hunter plays all of those agents. <laughs> the only time that I ever feel, oh shit, we're fucked on this team comp is when Hunter decides yeah. I'm playing this agent. Which is really <laughs> unfortunate for Hunter because I don't want him to think like, right, oh, right. I have to fill every time. But a yeah. lot of our team comps really work w- when Hunter fills every time. So, because <laughs> 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 like, Hunter will play Smokes, Flashes, or Duelist. 
Yeah, yeah or like, depending on the map, I could play like or Sage you could play, as well. Or Killjoy. Yeah. Right? Like you could play yeah. every role of <laughs> right? agent yeah. that we need for a team comp. So I, I that's different than Cass who plays two agents and me who plays a few more, but I have an agent I want to play on every map, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's yeah, like yeah, and the... this is the lock for this map, and now we're oh, we don't have smokes because this is a Sova map for me. Right, yeah, and what like... I was gonna say chase is to to add on to that the of the roles that uh i play agents in the role that i play the least agents is initiator in which i only play ko and fade silva and breach are all roles that you play so you never have an issue with oh i wish hunter would go fade silva or breach because you'll probably you'll probably be playing one of those so yeah you and me go together well that way if i'm willing to fill yeah except a lot of the times we'll have the initiator role but we won't have flashes then yeah We'll right. have like a fade or a Sova, right. If you play like, initiator, yeah. then yeah. If I that, play that initiator, be um, because I pretty much play right. breach at this point only on fracture when there's no flashes on the team. Yeah, and honestly, that's a big reason of why I picked up Ko because I really don't like being the team's only flasher as Yoru because a lot of the Yoru plays I like to do involve me sometimes not playing with the team and sometimes just using my flashes in a very particular way to get me into sight but that doesn't necessarily help the rest of the team. Whereas with KO, unlike what Cass was saying earlier, I often will left-click flash <laughs> to help get the team in position. <laughs> and having the right-click flash available is nice as well. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to sol- be the solo flasher on the team, I'd much prefer to be KO over really anyone else, to be honest. He's a great solo flasher. Yeah, I mean, I wish I'd say that in, in this context... Uh, Cass playing yeah. a smoke agent. I, I wish that Cass played Viper. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. I think Viper, Viper? Viper specifically. Oh, Viper is so far down the list of smokes agents I would play. I know, I know. Like, it, <laughs> But I'm saying that if Cass played Viper, I feel like it would work really well for like team comp-wise. Um, specifically on maps where I don't play smokes, Viper is therefore, like, in most cases, like a very good controller agent on those maps oh so fracture and breeze in particular yeah uh well fracture breeze no. icebox mm. yeah um, icebox viper's good breeze viper's good i think viper's pretty good on pearl yeah so well, fracture, fracture i feel like pearl, viper is good on no i feel like you see viper a good bit yeah but like i'd rather have any other smokes i think over the viper on fracture I mean, Weird. I don't okay. agree. I don't agree with that, but I think that it, like, much yeah. like that video that I was talking about like weeks ago when we were talking about Pearl, it's like, um, depending on what smokes agent you have, you're going to be leaning toward one side or the other on Pearl, right? Being more like Icebox or being more like Haven. Well, yeah, but I'm not. We're we're talking about Fracture here. I thought we were talking about Pearl. No, 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 no. I think well, Viper's was talking about Pearl. Pearl. What? And then I was, I brought did up. I miss, did I misspeak? You must have. Okay. Yeah, I'm I really confused. Not, sorry. I was not trying to talk about Pearl. I might have misspoke there. But okay, okay. in my head, I was thinking of Fracture. I'm saying on Fracture, I would rather have any other smokes agent over Viper. Mm, I see. Yeah, that that's a much better take than the Pearl, which I, I'm no, no, pretty I sure. Viper's, I think Viper's good on Pearl. Okay. So, yeah. So, but Fracture, like, I think that Viper is good on. 
other controllers are also good on Pearl. I don't really care, or I'm on Fracture. Um, I don't really care what controller you have on Fracture, to be honest. Yeah, I was thinking, Chase, when you're asking, thinking overall, if there was just one controller task at play, I honestly think, you know, bringing back the Omen could make some sense because, um, you know, it has teleports, which are somewhat distantly related to chamber TPs and jet TPs. <laughs> and, you know, there's the paranoia. What'd you say? Jet has a TP. Sorry, jet dashes and chamber TPs. The get out of jail free cards. It's a get out of jail for a reduced price. for Omen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, yes, I think that Omen makes a lot more sense for Cass as a player to play if he were mm -hmm. to pick up a Smokes Agent. But I was thinking it, in the context of this question of who do, like, are there agents that we wish people would play and fill for team comp wise, I think that Viper makes the most sense in the most scenarios for what we need. Mm -hmm. that's fair i guess i just i guess i just feel like unless Cass really got into playing viper this beyond just deciding to reluctantly fill it um i might prefer even on breeze which is the map where you most think like oh we, we really need a viper here i might prefer to have Cass on omen as our solar solo smoker but being able to frag out a little bit since he's you know played omen before and it kind of works out kind of works with his play style a bit and just making do with the not as good of a controller versus playing Viper where Cass is just hating his life the entire time and just like basically just providing his utility and not doing anything else. Like I kind of think I would prefer Cass on well, the Omen. Okay, yes. In, in that in that scenario or that way of thinking about it, yes. But I, yeah. I was definitely thinking of this question more like fuck what they want. Theoretically, yeah. The, I see. If, if I we see. wanted somebody to play and enjoy playing or whatever, like th this character. I see, I see. Okay. We just need so a Cass character got... to fill the team the team comp yeah so basically i guess i guess what we're saying is i don't really put in a lot of effort on it i don't learn lineups or anything so basically if Cass got to my level of playing viper on breeze yeah no 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 no, no. yeah if i were to play viper on breeze you yeah. best believe i'd have every fucking lineup in the book okay well then even better than even me better. so there you go okay yeah th th then i would tend to agree with you chase that would go really well with the, with the way our team comps go yeah like, like, if i decided to play an agent that can make use of lineups I will know them all. But you're not going to do that. But I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would do that if there was an agent that I decided I wanted to play that had the ability to get these like these lineups off. No, but I think that the fact that they have a million lineups is one of the reasons why you decide not to play them. Okay, but like, say... That utility being a part of their kit make, makes okay, it yeah, yeah, a yeah. piece of utility that you're not enjoying. Sure, sure, sure. I very much understand where you're coming from, but, like, if I still played Phoenix, which, like, as, again, I said I want to play some Phoenix, like, I'm going to know every Molly lineup. Like, the Molly isn't AOE's stopping AoE's bullshit. AoE's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a little weird that you said that. From playing Phoenix. Right, in the same way that like no, but if it, if, not... if Phoenix had a cooler ability, quote unquote, than his Molly, you might be more willing to play him. That is true. If Phoenix had some kind of movement ability, I'd probably be more likely to play Phoenix. You've got a good point there. Yes, but if Jet had a Molly instead of something else, like I'd know lineups for it. Molly, Phoenix Molly instead of Cloudburst. Now that would be an, <laughs> a weird and interesting change to Jet. Um, or I'm definitely be a nerf. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
But I'm thinking, like, I know all the cheeky spots to put chamber traps. You know, like, I know all the cheeky places that, like... Yeah, as a peripheral to how you like to play the character. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. like, I knew all the cheeky places to put chamber TPs so that, like... It's like, oh, this TP in theory does mean nothing right now, but once I push up through elbow, my TP my TP range actually gets into this little corner of elbow. So now I can stand in elbow while my TP is like way the fuck over there. Like I knew all that shit. So like, yeah, I don't know. But like I, I do agree with what Chase is saying. By nature of a character having more lineup based things. I'm less likely to want to play them. Narcos, what do you think about your own question here? Is there? I feel like this is the hardest question for you because you have people who are more flexible yeah, or play these yeah. other roles more often the, on your team. Comp, Chase, so. I wish you played someone hyper aggressive. Maybe not hyper aggressive, just more aggressive. Like I'm tired of you constantly being last alive. See, I'm just see really some... proud of my death stat being lower than the rest <laughs> of the team. Hey. See, but, like, I want to see you more willing to die. More willing to take these duels. Go for the trade. Die. So give the person the 2k. Like, but yeah. I want to see that more often. So I'm thinking... Yeah, I'm thinking I'd like to see, like... Yeah, I'm trying to think, like... How would that work in a team comp? It Literally, that would be the worst addition to one no, of our teams. No, 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 I'm just saying that, like... Aspen's like, Jet, I is like Yoru, Jason's like Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. That's how we start off when we load into a lobby. No, I'm thinking I want to yep. see you play some more KO. I want to see you play Chase some more had some good KO. moments as KO. Um, I remember those days. Fuck, dude, I don't know if this would be good or not for the team comp, but fuck, I want to see you play Reyna. I want to see what that would look like. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, like, if this, is, if this is to suit our our team comp, I feel like it's it's got to be, like, KO or Sky that I'd want to see you play more and be more of, like, the second man in, um, not not playing for alt or plan for your life. Uh, and then as far as Hunter goes, yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any times where I feel like Hunter griefs our team comp. The only time Hunter griefs our team comp is when he insta-locks. Which yeah. is kind of what you were saying. Which, exactly, because if he's not insta-locking, it means he's filling and he has so many characters yeah. he can play. Right. But it's like, there, yeah, it's, there are a lot very, of days yeah. where you're like, oh, I'm playing Neon today. I'm playing Yoru today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it's that that's when we have the most difficult time coming up with a team comp. Yeah, I, I will say my experience has been that like the reason why I insta lock sometimes is because if I hover one agent that I want to play, like Neon or Yoru in particular, and then the rest of the team will pick like, you know, agents to where that doesn't make sense at all. Then I have this conflict in my head of like, ah, oh, do I feel or go if I initially want to do? Whereas if I insta lock, I'm like, hey, my dick's out on the table. <laughs> like everyone else has to deal with it i i mean i get that i like to occasionally do it yeah specifically on on fracture i was gonna say i i get that struggle because i want to play sova and i think that my sova is really good on fracture um yeah over the brim and the breach which are both 
obviously way more meta picks, but I can mm-hmm. play on Fracture. I can play Brim, I can play Breach to a decent ability, but I know that I'm going to get more frags and have more effectiveness on our team as Sova. So when I mm-hmm. load into a lobby, I always hover Sova, but I don't select because I'm like, oh, if we don't have smokes, if we don't have flashes, like I have the ability to flex off of that. Yeah. But then I, I get the struggle of like, okay, but if I just insta lock, then it's up to the rest of the team. But then I'm like, now we're not going to have any smokes and then we're just fucked. Yeah. And, and like- that's another example, Chase, of where you and me go really to get well together in terms of our agent pool, because I really like playing Brim on Fracture. So unless I'm just very much in a mood to play a certain duelist, I will very happily fill Brim and let you play Sova. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like the the difference here is like when I'm hovering an agent, I'm not hovering an agent to be like, oh, this is what I'm thinking, but I could play something else. That's the only reason to hover. Yeah, but like, no, 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 no. The reason why I hover is because if somebody else wants to play that that particular agent, then we can have a discussion about it. But you're gonna be pissed off if you don't get it. Is what you're saying. No, because I'll just take the other one. What's the other one? Of your two? Yes. Between <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think the way you're using hovering is different than the way most people do. Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm hovering, like if, right. you know, hey, I want to play Jet right now. But if you really want to play Jet right now, then we can have a discussion about this. And if you feel like you're better suited for it, then I'll go Chamber. Yeah, I, it's interesting, Cass, because you think about this so differently than I do. Because if I'm hovering Yoru... I'm going to be pissed if someone else picks Yoru because like, I'm not hovering it because, Oh, if you want to play Yoru, go ahead. I'm hovering it because like, I would like to play Yoru unless like, you know, we need an, unless I have to do something different for the team comp. I'm not like, Oh, if anyone else wants to play Yoru, go ahead. That's not at all what I'm thinking when I'm hovering Yoru. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the benefit of Cass's like, uh, you know, dichotomy of two agents of, Him saying, okay, yeah. this is what I'd like to play. Oh, you're going to play that? I'll play the other one. Right? Right, right. And then but... he sometimes just dodges if both of them are picked <laughs> by other people. But the uh, for us hovering, it's like, okay, here's what I want to play. I I would be so pissed, and I am pissed if I'm hovering an agent and someone insta-locks that agent. Or like, you know, not insta-locks, but, you know, comes on locks 30 seconds late and locks it yeah. from under me. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, I obviously wanted to play that agent like have the conversation with me uh, and then at least be like, Hey man, you play anybody else? And I'll be like, yes, I do. I can play this agent on this map. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. See, it's nice. It is nice when I'm hovering something or someone. And then somebody comes on and says like, Hey, I really only play jet on this map. Like, can I take jet? Right. And I'll be like, yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, and like the only the only map really in the game currently that like I don't want to be that like I feel like less okay playing either or is Pearl. Like I don't like playing Chamber on Pearl. And so like in that context, like yeah, I really want the jet. Right. But I feel like the whole Yeah, I feel like we view hovering in different ways because I that's, view well, that's hovering, what i was saying yeah 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 as like letting you know what i am going to do like i'm hovering to let you know that i will be doing this and then you can plan accordingly. Right. 
Right. Whereas, I just I would, whereas I hover, whereas I hover to say I would like to do this, but if it would mess up the team comp, then I'm going to play something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But our team comp, like in my context, our team comp is better off being griefed, and I play one of those two agents. Yeah, probably because you only know those two agents. And yeah. If, I mean, I'm saying if you would have would take the time to learn another agent and and enjoy them, then mm-hmm. it would not be griefed. But when they release this new smoker in a couple of days who has a get out of jail free card and cannot come, come talk to me. Wait, time out in a couple of days. They're releasing it oh, like I'm, in the I'm middle. Just, I'm pulling words out of my ass. Ignore a couple. Okay. Days. Okay. I was wondering yeah, if you no, knew something there, I didn't. Because... There is no, no, no leak no. that there is going to be a, an op or a, an opera with a get out of jail free. That's also a controller. That is not <laughs> part of the, uh, the rumors going on the mill well no i I just was focusing on specifically when they say then because there is a new controller coming out so when you said like in a couple days i was wondering if you had heard something because the last i heard was from wendy who was a a, you know our guest last week who said that he's heard that basically there was a whole shit show at riot with regard to something about developing this latest agent this latest agent like they were supposed to be dropping at the start of this act and then they didn't for whatever reason Mm. so it seems like you know there's a bit of an issue there Oh, interestingly enough, though, somebody somebody raised a really interesting point on the on the um the viral subreddit today, talking about what um he thinks their alt's going to be, and he thinks it's going to uh-huh. be a um a big orb smoke. Which I think a is kind big of, orb smoke. Huh. Yeah, so like think like post plant, right? You got spike down, pop alt. It's like Astral Wall, but instead of being vertical, it's just big ring. And does it block bullets like Astral Alt or no? It's like a smoke, so you can shoot through it still. So it's like Viper Alt. But maybe yes, the worse. Way, no, the decay well, and the, way, the visibility. The way yeah. that I'm thinking about it is like, it'd probably make the most sense if it did the exact opposite of Astral Alt. And it blocked abilities. Well, oh. Interesting. So, so that almost... Bullets. But that almost relates. That almost is like the trophy system idea that you had. It's yeah, not that yeah. like a trophy yeah. system, but yeah, it's not. It's yeah. not the same. Obviously, Being an old, but like, yeah. like a raised nade would bounce yeah. off. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the wall of water, right? Where like your shit doesn't get through. That would be yeah. really cool. Although it does seem like a uh, wall-based water-themed controller agent is likely based solely on the art from the cards. Yeah. And this new battle pass. Um, because there's like multiple cards that have to do with like walls of water and like tsunamis and stuff like that. And big waves. So I, I can definitely see like visually there being a wall based controller that is water themed. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully hopefully they can op and have a good editor jail free card. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I'm yeah. like, do I hope not? I don't know. Do I want another character in the game because it splits the uh, that player base more? Mm-hmm. As in those who op and those who don't op. Yeah, I'm like, should there be a you know now there's there's a duelist and there's a sentinel. Should there be an initiator and a controller who can also op? Yeah, but there's only really a sentinel who can op now. I mean, the, well, the point I, of their try, nurse is to yeah. try to make it even-ish. Yeah, but, like, 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, the designer, like, the devs fucked up from the get-go when they introduced the get-out-of-jail-free card. That was fuck-up number one. Now, well, I don't know if you could really say it was a fuck-up because it took kind of a while for people to realize just how good it was. No, I mean, okay. for a I'm while, saying, Jet was considered saying, one of the worst yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it was their fault. I'm just saying hindsight 2020, that was a fuck-up. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. like in 2020, right. they fucked up, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. And then their method of countering that was like, okay, let's create Chamber and Neon, who Neon will take away some of Jet's pick rate because there are people who love the fact that Jet can just like go really fast and get into people's faces, and Neon will will pull some of that player base. And then let's introduce Chamber, who is going to pull the op player base um, away from Jet. Nothing for Jet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then you got Jet, who's kind of the who could kind of do both. But then by making Jet's get out of jail free card so restrictive in how and when you can use it, they inadvertently just pushed everybody that offs onto chamber whether intentionally or not because if you're going to op and that's what you want to do in the game picking jets just a bad decision now like if you want to be the primary opper and you want to op more often than not pick chamber it's the only answer now i do slightly disagree with you here and the reason why is that part of what's making this decision complicated is that Chamber has been, you know, the best agent in the game, period. And we have yet to see how the recent round of nerfs will affect pro play. You know, I think a lot of people initially reacted like, oh my god, they killed Chamber. And then several pros have been like, yeah, this actually doesn't nerf him that significantly. So, you know, we're going to have to see how how the dust settles on that. Um, Curious to see at Champions how the Chamber plays. As someone who plays Chamber, the nerfs are annoying. That's yeah. what they are. Well, okay, so not, that's... Yeah, go ahead. They, they don't, in my opinion, drastically affect Chamber's viability in any given map and in any given situation. They're mm-hmm. just annoying coming from pre-nerf Chamber, right? It's annoying now the number of times where I'm an orb or two off my alt when... Or I guess, like, just being one orb off my alt or no, two orbs off my alt for a save round. Because it used to be that, like, oh, like, I'm probably going to get a certain number of kills, and then we get to our save round, and now either I'll have my alt, or I'll need to pick up an orb to get it. But, like, it's somewhat guaranteeable. Whereas now, the number of times where I'm on a save round, and I've got two orbs left for my alt, and it's like, well, okay, fuck. Like, I can get one from picking an orb up, but, like, reliably I can't pick both up. So, I'm just not going to be mm-hmm. able to ult this round. So, like, the alt, the alt cost going up, it's annoying. Well, Cass, if I could bring it back, because we were really going on a tangent mm-hmm. here about the chamber nerfs. What, what, I was, what I was saying about chamber being the best is, back to your initial point of uh, the jet nerfs forcing people onto chamber, what I was saying is that the thing is, I think that chamber 
before this this round of nerfs and how much these have affected things, I'm sort of like, you know, reserving judgment. And you were seeming to say it was more of an annoyance. But before this round of nerfs, Chamber was far and away the best agent in the game. And because the best agent in the game is particularly good at opping, of course, you want them to op. And then just by nature of the way the game is, you usually don't want multiple people to op. So Chamber takes up your op slot on your team, essentially. So I think that if you have a scenario where Chamber is now brought closer to the pick rates of the other Sentinels, or even if you say, well, the Sentinel category is, the, the agent characters aren't, that, the, like the agent categories aren't that good, which I would agree with. E- either way, the, cha- the pick rate of Chamber falls. I don't think you necessarily see the same thing where all of the oppers are playing Chamber. Even if they were to do something that doesn't relate to his op ability at all, like if they were just to say like if they were just to say like you know what chamber doesn't get a trademark <laughs> like he has he has no c ability that would be something that is a significant nerf to chamber but doesn't affect his op ability like i think if they did that you know chambers would still up but because you'd have a choice of having your a chamber in your team or not you would have the a role of jet to op when chamber isn't on your team whereas now it's very rare to not have a chamber on your team D- does that make sense what i'm saying there like i i, I see what you're saying but I yeah. think they backed themselves into a hole here as these this Possibly. latest round of nerfs have come to show in which mm-hmm. the the only way to give the other sentinels their limelight back is to kill chamber. <laughs> Very dramatic of you, Cass. Like like I think the only way the other the other sentinels will like actually get the fair share of play is when chamber is no longer playable in the pro meta. Well, I mean, I feel like you're you're being a little dramatic there. Does it have I mean, to be either he's playable or he isn't? There's no possible in between. No, I feel like That's... there's definitely in betweens of you you give the other sentinel agents a place enough on certain maps that their utility works better than like a single sentinel utility right like a single uh chamber slow right so you, you, there's there's that way of looking at things of, of buffing the other sentinels yeah but i i think the problem with buffing the other sentinels is like and like i've stated this on a previous podcast before like they're, they're in a rough position with the sentinels like if the sentinels are abilities are, are too strong right it's considered so oppressive that like I mean, because pre-Killjoy nerf, right? When she had global utility? You could just have Killjoy's entire setup on the other site, and then Killjoy be on B, while the rest of her shit's on A. And, like, that was crazy mm-hmm. fucking strong. Um, it, it It's just, like, either, like, I feel like the Sentinels are either kind of in a weak position, or, but as soon as you make the Sentinels too good in any given scenario... Be like, oh, we want people to play Cypher on this map. And so you create a set of circumstances that make Cypher really strong on this map. I feel people are just going to be complaining nonstop about how this map is broken because you can't get into a site because there's a Cypher there with this setup and it's just fucking impossible to work your way through. Or same thing with like a Killjoy, right? On any given site. Like if you create a set of circumstances that allows a Sentinel to be so good on one site that you pick that Sentinel for that map, people are going to complain about just, like, how oppressive it is. Yeah, probably. Just the nature of what a Sentinel is. Right, because a Sentinel yeah, is supposed I would, to lock you out. 
Yeah, I mean, personally, maybe this is because I play Killjoy. I never found Killjoy meta, if you could even call it that, to be overly oppressive. But it made sense to nerf her. I like, I do agree with that. But like Cass, you know, ultimately, if we're if I'm going to run for a minute with what you've said, which is that the chamber nerfs are bothersome, but they're not seriously going to change chamber's role in the meta. Then I, I think you can you can simply say this: if they change nothing else about chamber, but they just change how long he can be shot after he activates his teleport to teleport out, like just with that number alone, alone that single number, that's like all it takes to balance chamber. And obviously, oh. like that, obviously, like that is something that you know they probably don't want to do because there's a lot of potential to get that wrong. But like, you know, that's the that's the single. If if I'm going with your line of argument, I'm not sure yeah, if I yeah, agree. Yeah. What your line of argument is, is that the chamber nerfs thus far are similar to the initial jet nerfs, where they're not addressing the main issue, which is his ability to teleport out. Like, yeah, for but free. I'm saying, if you, so, if you touch that number, yeah. chamber doesn't see play. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's where, that's where the number, it, it, that's where how much you change the number it makes a big impact. Like, if you double the number, obviously, yeah, he doesn't see play. If you increase the number by 15%, Maybe that's enough to basically okay. reward teams for playing together very much uh, to get the trade, but doesn't kill him completely. So, like that's I, the reason why I bring that up is because I feel like there is a middle ground where Chamber doesn't have to be killed or still the best agent. Okay, but I feel like it's there, there's a very thin line drawn in the sand, right? Yeah, and on one side of this line, that number is strong enough that chamber is going to be eating up all the other sentinels pick rate. And on the other line of that sand, you don't play chamber. I feel like there is no way to get that number, right? What are you talking about? That's what I'm so confused about because here's the thing. If we go with basically the premise that if people online and what you are saying is that the problem is his TP, you start by increases. You start by increasing that time by a very small bit, say 10% to start and then see how that changes things. And if that isn't enough, then increase it 5% more. And basically you just keep increasing it by small enough bits to the point where you get to that happy middle ground. Like, I don't feel like it's impossible to get that right. You no, know, because if I die while I'm TPing out, that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's why I let off by saying, I'm not sure if I agree with your initial assessment that the other changes won't be enough. And I'm not sure if that's the way Riot wants to do it. Just like, because, like, you know, we discussed pro versus casual meta, and if casual people are TPing out and dying, they might be frustrated enough to where that's an issue. But, like, you know, if we're talking about pro play exclusively, that would be how to do it, I think. I feel like if you make that number any bigger than what it is right now, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, I'm not talking about, like, milliseconds here. But, like, being able to be traded while I am TPing out, yeah. Makes the TP not have its value. Except it's it does have value. What what you're it, saying is it doesn't have value in the current way that you play it. Well, no fucking shit. <laughs> that that's the entire point. Yeah, yeah the jet dash <laughs> right, no right. longer has value in get out of jail free in every situation, right? But yeah. in certain That's why I don't op on jet anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but if there was no, and there it is the problem, right? <laughs> Here, here's yeah. the thing, Cass. If there's a, the only reason you don't op on Jet anymore is because there's still another character in which you can op. 
but if the right. if both characters were at the same level of ability to op, it's not like you wouldn't buy an op anymore. It's not like the op is now dead to you. Because you are a fucking op crutch, right? <laughs> you will still buy an op, and you will make it work with those agents. Like yeah. that. Yeah, you are very good with an op. Yeah, you are good with an op, yeah. and so you're still going to buy it and get some effectiveness out of it in game. No, okay. If I genuinely think if they took Chambers TP and increased it to the point where you could no longer just stand in an off angle, take an op shot, and fuck off without dying. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I just wouldn't play Chamber anymore. Well, Chamber um, would be horrible if that's the case. That's no, what I'm saying. I mean, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually saying that, but yeah, keep going, Cass. Yeah, oh, okay. I yeah. would, first of all, I would just not play Chamber anymore. Yeah. But now, now that that's like all that aside, let's say I still did play some Chamber, right? I just wouldn't op. Like, you wouldn't op on either character. Then you just would never op in the game. I feel like that's I just a lie. Just wouldn't op. It's I just mean, a lie. Like, the, okay, coming from a game like like CS, the only thing that makes the alt viable in this game is the ability to do that. It's just too slow otherwise. Maybe I might have to start playing Reyna. So at least when I get a kill, I can fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> the, the, the offing Reyna, oh boy. I sure love having those on my team, typically. I'm saying absolutely terrible. like, okay, no, no, but like, I'm saying if they do go ahead and they fuck Chambers TP so that you can't do what we're talking about, right? Which is what you were saying originally, Chase. I think that'd be fine if they comboed that with an alt buff to the point where now neither Chamber nor Jet, being the two premier op, op agents, can reliably do what they made their living doing. Right, then I feel like at that point you can now safely buff the op to where it's semi-viable on every character in the game because, yes, there are isolated scenarios in which Jet would be god-tier with her dash active, but then there are, and then there are certain scenarios whereas, like, with Chamber, when you can kind of jiggle-peek something and then you could TP to a different angle and jiggle-peek that one, that would also be really strong. Yeah, but, and in that case, Chamber would probably be the same strength as Yoru in doing those things, if his TP was really yeah, Exactly, slow. right? Yeah. But, like, I feel like at that point, when you no longer have an agent who can outright abuse the get-out-of-jail-free mechanic with an operator, because no one's... I feel like nobody's complaining about them doing that with literally any other gun. Nobody's complaining about them hiding behind a corner, shortying them, and TPing out. I mean, I'd complain but, about it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the only like thing I can think of is back when Yoru could come out before the Yoru ult rework people didn't like getting shorty out of a Yoru ult but Yoru wasn't meta enough for it to be like this is a serious issue it was just like this sucks which is part of what Riot tried to address when they changed his ult they buffed yeah. it but they said it's going to take a while for you to come out of it because it's not good gameplay for the immediate shorty okay so but- I, I'm actually, we, we... actually, here's the thing. Okay. I actually, I'm going to come out swinging and say that normally I, I uh, roll my eyes when Cass talks about buffing the op and say, "Oh God, not this again." But I will say that in this particular case, given that Jet has been nerfed so significantly, and now we're talking about Chamber being nerfed really hard, I could see a reasonable op nerf being all right. Um, maybe buff, not so yeah. much that it's, yeah, yeah, the op nerf. What the heck? Yeah, an op buff. Um, 
Yeah, I, I could actually kind of agree with Cass on this one. And I think the example I brought up is relevant of Yoru with the shorty, because I think that the shorty is really weak and the shorty could use a buff. And now that Yoru can't just ult out of with the shorty, there's nothing, you know, holding it back from getting the love it deserves. So uh, yeah, I, oddly enough, oddly enough, I kind of agree with Cass here, which is rare when it comes to the op. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go we've lost another one, boys. Uh the fact that we've come full circle to Cass arguing for an op buff again is fucking insane. Um, yeah. But uh, also the shorty needing a buff, that's just bullshit. The shorty, okay. no, it's no, not. There, shorty there doesn't been, need a buff. It's 150 a a fucking credits and a secondary. Yeah, and the classic is free. And the classic right The classic needs kill. a nerf. This is <laughs> oh sure. Now we're now we're, we're you're leading. You're leading into my propaganda from all time is get rid of the fucking classic right click. But well, oh, I agree with you there. Honestly, if I had to choose between shorty nerf and I mean sorry, shorty buff and get rid of the classic right click, I would choose get rid of the classic right click. I'm just assuming that's never going to happen. Okay. So yeah, you and me are largely on the same page, Chase. What I'm trying to classic right click that shit better be a fucking laser beam. Nah. It's fine as it is. Um, it is. Yeah. It is. It's it's a fine. I yeah. I got tapped from a cross site, double tapped in the head with the classic yesterday. I had a vandal. Yeah, I've been, this I've been person fucking... double tapped me in the head with the classic from a cross site, and I'm fine with that happening. That's like yeah. I was like, fuck. That was a nice shot with the classic. Damn. Um, but anyway, the entire fucking point of this was, uh, there is some middle ground for chamber for his TP duration that is in between current, like get out of jail free and like Omen TP. Right. Where... Just to be clear, when it comes <laughs> to TP duration, you're talking. <laughs> Wait, why'd you go with Omen TP instead of Yoru TP? Because Omen seems like the, like Yoru, you have to like, I guess you also have to set up chambers previously, but like, it has... I feel like Yoru is a way better example. Mm, I don't, I don't see it as a better example. I don't know. Maybe I just don't think about Yoru enough, but <laughs> oh. uh, I don't know. Yoru is like, has a time limit on fuck. I don't, I don't know. Like as like a get out of jail free card, there is Omen where you have to literally hide in a corner and then teleport out because you, it's going to take so long. But at this point it's way better than it was like pre buff right yeah like it still generally yeah. works as a oh i took a gunfight i'm gonna hide and then teleport out of it right and like chamber which is instant there is a middle ground there which i think works better for chamber of like oh i'm gonna get out of this but i might not be able to be in full sight of everybody while i'm doing it or like there might be another hard. piece of utility that has to cover for me or you know like e even if somebody like throws out a half blind right like they don't even get fully blinded by it but that's enough time for you to get out of there there's a middle ground there that I think could work effectively for chamber in which you could still op but in less circumstances and less effectively Yeah, I, that's what I was kind of saying. So Chase and I are full in full agreement on this point. Yes, we, I, we were discussing like what if Chamber was killed, but I am in agreement with Chase that I don't think the assumption is what you're saying, Cass, of Chamber is best agent or Chamber is worse than Cypher currently. <laughs> like, I, I think there is a middle ground there. Oh, 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 don't get me wrong. I think Cypher's dead already. <laughs> Cypher's wow, that's a hot take. Under. I definitely don't agree with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, Cypher's, Cypher's dead, already yeah. six feet under. 
is. Yeah, no, but we're I'm saying not... we disagree that it's either like Chambers Way or the Highway. Like there, there's definitely a middle yeah, ground yeah. where he gets played in a middle ground there and is effective I in a don't... middle ground of scenarios. Okay, because I'd say Jet right about now is probably like C tier. What? Right? Nah. I don't know I about that like... one. C tier? That's insane. I would say Jet is low A or high B at the moment. Yeah. I feel like the only times where you see people play Jet now are in scenarios where they're just more comfortable on Jet because they've played Jet for so long. Now, Cass, you got to fuck off with the pro scene. Like, your your mind is too wrapped in what the pros are currently doing, which, in this case, like, Raze is just very meta right now because Raze is fucking good and kind of sick. Um, yeah. But in general play, like, I see as much Raze and Jet and, like, Neon as anything else, right? So, why? Think about it that way. I'm not going to learn another agent. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Jet's still pretty fucking good, right? Just because it doesn't fit in specific team comps that the pros are playing does not mean that they're not a good agent. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. Obviously, when I'm saying Jet C tier, I am thinking about the pro meta. But, like... Right, you're thinking about a pro meta that is artificially out of whack because of Chamber. I wouldn't say it's artificial. That's what the game is, but... Well, I'm saying artificially because it's very hard because Chamber and Jet have somewhat similar like E abilities, which of course the E ability is the the backbone of an agent's kit. That to answer the question of what tier is Jet, like as an agent versus as fitting into pro team comps, you would have to remove Chamber from the game and then see you know, how Jets fits into things. And that's what's obviously assuming, difficult to do. I'm assuming that Champions is going to be played on the patch with Chambers nerf in. Effect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I think you're only going to see a handful of Jets at most in Champions. Ooh, ooh. I feel like there's a way to make this a bet, but I'd have to think about it more. Yeah, well, I, I'd, I'd have to come up with a number. See, I still don't think that that's hard. fair for this tier level. I, I'm agreeing with Hunter here, but I don't think that Champions play will actually sway me either direction. I could still see a Chamber in every map and not see a Jet at all, and I'm still thinking that Jet is low A, high B. It's just that Chamber is above, and when it comes to roles that people play on a team, those are typically the same player. Right, your in, yeah. in the in the recent pro meta, uh, like Chamber has just taken over the Jet player's role, right? Like mm-hmm. all of the people that you saw playing Jet, a, like a few months ago, are now playing Chamber, and that's just what that role is on a pro team. Now you only mm-hmm. get the actual like distribution of how this character is when you are expanding it over the vast player base of Valorant. And not just in the pro scene where people are saying, oh, well, Chamber is better, and this is the... I'm either going to play Jet or Chamber. Therefore, I play Chamber. Yeah. Right? It's like more of a... It's a one or the other in the pro scene, but it's not a one or the other in competitive queue. Yeah, you see a both a good bit in competitive. 
Yeah, it's because when somebody locks Chamber, you have to lock Jet. Yeah, because they're still I don't, really I don't good think that lock. everyone is the same as you if they only play <laughs> Chamber and Jet. I don't think that you can project that on other people, Cass. Uh, do you mind if you, might, you guys mind if I, since we've talked about this one issue for a while, do you mind if I wrap back all the way around to Cass's question of what agents do you wish the other two people would play? No, that's great. Go for it. Because the thing is, I actually kind of gave my some of my opinions as you guys were talking, but I never like full out, full on like said my opinions. So first of all, for Chase, I similarly feel like Chase's Chase, your your very uh, cautious play style is one that is sometimes difficult to watch, but oftentimes very effective. <laughs> that's that's how I would describe it. Um, and so Cass was saying, well, you know, what if you played Reyna? What if you played someone who is more aggressive? And I was going the opposite direction of, I would really like to see you pick up Killjoy, who is like the most passive agent of all of them, because I feel like that goes well with your play style and having that kind of info could be really nice. Now that would kind of, the team comes where that would work well would be me playing KO, Cass playing Chamber or Jet, and then you playing Killjoy. And that would depend on someone else playing Smokes. So like that wouldn't be the, that wouldn't be like your hard main where you try to play Killjoy on every map. But like if you would sometimes play Killjoy, I feel like you could be really good at it and it could be really neat in terms of our team synergies. What do you think about that, Chase? I mean, I like that more just because it fits with my play style more. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck no, I'm not picking up a Killjoy. <laughs> but like that <laughs> But like I understand funny, where funny. you're coming from. Yeah. I I like to consider my playstyle very similarly to uh hunter described it there uh i think that that's a that's a great thing of <laughs> thanks um, thanks sometimes hard to watch but often very effective yeah yeah is that I, i'm thinking like oh everybody wants me to go in and get this like take this duel and get this kill right now but mm. the high percentage play is fall back use some utility use my ult to play post plant so i'm gonna do that yeah yeah but okay oh, i feel like while that, that that is true in a lot of scenarios, the number of times where I'm just like, motherfucker, swing. <laughs> like, I, I did 120 damage to them, and you're just shying back around the corner. It's like, fucking take the gunfight. Well, you know what else um, can do that damage? A shock dart. A brim ult. <laughs> a brim molly. A brim ult as well, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like... do damage. I'm, well, a, br a brim ult, I'm saying, is more effective in that scenario, because if they only have you know 20 hp left then yeah. it only has to hit them once like running out of a brim hole at 20 tick. i think it's 20 per tick is it 40 okay. 40 per tick i uh, fuck i don't know dude i don't i don't know i have no um, idea it'll kill them in a tick okay. if they have 20 hp <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah basically like if you were a fucking professional billiards player with your sova geometry I'd give that to you. But the number of times I'm like, dude, he's just Ooh. standing there. Just fucking shoot him once. Man, so Cass is just straight up saying you're not good you're not good enough at Silva to play cautiously. Yeah, that, I'm I'm, God, I'm fine damn. with that statement. I don't know about that. I'm fine with that statement because that I know Cass. Cass is wrong, so <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm kind of in agreement. See, here's here's my here's my thing, Cass. What I've realized is that my play style is that I tend to be more aggressive than I should be rather than less aggressive than I should be because I tend to have good results when I'm aggressive. But sometimes that results in me doing things that I should not do and then dying, which puts our team at a disadvantage. So Chase is the opposite way yeah. where he tends towards more passive 
and sometimes is too passive, but does really well on average when he's passive, that kind of balances out our team comp very nicely. You know what I'm saying? I also make stupid fucking decisions in the sake of aggressiveness. <laughs> yeah, you and me are more similar in terms of going on the too aggressive side. Yeah, so, so I think that Chase, I'm fair with too aggressive. I think yeah. that I'm fair with the uh, <laughs> with the airing on the passive side because yes, I, I think that yes, sometimes I'm I am too passive. Obviously, like that's fair. Um, but more often than not, I feel that my passiveness earns me the round in more cases than it loses me the round. That's a fair point. Yeah. Stats to back that up. I mean, I don't either. It's just a feeling. Yeah. In a, in a <laughs> feeling feeling where, where you're like, oh, stats. taking this opening duel more often yeah. sets our team up better than it does worse. <laughs> right? Right, and right. For, for your, your initial peaks, that's how you're feeling about it. We don't have stats to back I don't know that up. That's how Cass I, is, I, is feeling. I think his feeling is, I want to take the initial peak. I don't give a fuck how it affects the team. <laughs> yeah. No, but if like if I consistently am losing that peak multiple times in a row, I'm not going to take it again. But I would. I, I hate how Valorant doesn't show you your first stats. I fucking yeah. hate that. It, it's so. It's annoying. You have to go to Tracker it for it. Does. Tracker doesn't show me my first fucking stats. Oh, it doesn't. No, it's like a tournament stat. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I wish they did like cast stats too. You know, like the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill, assist, traded, survivor trade, Sur- survivor trade. Yeah. yeah. You guys like, want to hear something wild? Well, well hold on. This Give me relates. This relates. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Well, yeah, no, you go. You go, and like, then I'll go. Because at the end of the game, right? It says that, like, oh, I had six first bloods, and I'm thinking, damn, I did good there. But what if I also had fucking 11 first S? Then my six first bloods doesn't really mean jack dick. Yeah, it would be nice to know that ratio. Like, it'd be, like, I want to know that ratio. And I'm not saying, like, maybe not have that be public on the the scoreboard. Because they don't typically like to put very, you know. Disparaging stats on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, disparaging stats on the scoreboard. But, like, I'm saying after the game... Right, I'd like to be able to go back and not have to manually count how many times did I die first. Right, right. Yeah. right. I'm saying like, like you could go through the timeline and just count the amount of rounds where you're the first name on there. Yeah, but, but it'd like, be nice if that was compiled be, for you. It'd be nicer if it was compiled for me and it was like a hidden stat in the scoreboard that like only you could see. Similar to like how many uh, ability kills you got per round, kind of deal. Right, like like when I hit tab. I want to know how many first deaths I have. I'm not saying the rest of my team should know that because that would probably just lead to more toxicity, but I should have that information available to me. But yeah, Hunter, what were you saying? So you were mentioning cast earlier and that's another, that's a statistic obviously that um, Valorant doesn't provide. And I don't think tracker provides that either. Yeah, no, right. That's a, that's one of those tournament stats. I had this idea the other day, and I don't know if there's any sites that do this, but I not infrequently just, you know, drift off in my imagination to thinking of, like, business ideas for myself. And so I'm going to give a business idea out here. I'm going to throw one out that anyone can use. This is not, you know, a smart decision legally. <laughs> Except the thing is, I don't think the idea is all that good. But um, there's a company called Pro Football Focus for the NFL, where essentially they go through and manually grade each player's performance on every single play. 
Um, and in the NFL, you have the all 22 footage, which means you have access to like all of the cameras that were used for that broadcast, which is different than in Valorant because, you know, we don't have a replay system. So you only have what the observers were looking at, which makes this more difficult. But the metric that I think would be most interesting to see for pros and also your own games, but you would, this is, since this is a person having to do this, you would have to like pay for it probably, would be a, a true aim duel win rate score. Because the fact of the matter is, when you watch pro, uh, w- w- whatever game you're in, I don't know why I started with pros, kills can be a variety of uh, difficulty in terms of, you know, whether what co- allowed you to get the kill, whether it was your teammate's utility, your own utility, or you actually out-aiming them. Like, the first example that comes to mind is in the most recent North America LCQ, where Asuna got that neon ace on Fracture, where he was hiding out on the top of site on, uh, is it A-Site? Is A-Site the one with the elevated platform? It is, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So he was was hiding out on A-Site. Both A and B have an elevated platform. Well, one of them has a platform, the other one has Heaven. So, I don't know. Wait, maybe we call heaven. I don't. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, one of one of them is tower. One of them is tower. That's that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. One of them is tower. Okay. The one that doesn't have tower. He was up that there. Would be a. Yeah. I don't know. Right, how okay. Okay. So okay. bad at this, but <laughs> I, I don't know either. Either way, so Asuna was up top as neon on a, and this was an anti eco, and he just hit up there till the basically all of the enemy team but one was on site, and I believe this was against Sentinels, and then he just peeked out. And shot, like, three people in the side of the head. And then he had one person duel him with, like, a ghost or something who he killed. And then he just ran down the last person and got an ace. Now, that helps his stat line tremendously. Because getting five kills in a round, obviously, you know, looks really good on the scoreboard. But if you were to actually score how difficult those kills were from a purely how difficult was this gunfight perspective, the first three kills should count barely, like, are really easy kills. And then the next kill was also at a disadvantage for the other person because they were on a save and they had a worse gun. And then the last kill was more or less even, but he used a neon slide because it was up close. So I think it'd be really cool to have, like, you know, a actual, like, manual grading of players' aim duels to say, like, in that case, you'd go through and say, you know, if you get... One point for winning a fully even aim duel. Maybe Asuna gets 0.25 points for the first three kills where he's shooting people in the side of the head. They, they, he gets the, the drop on them. And then he gets like 0.5 points for dueling someone with a vastly inferior weapon. And then the last kill would be like the one to actually like, you know, you could go either way. But I would love something like that. And if I was to make it, that's the business idea. Um to be able to really dive into how well did someone use their gun to do impressive things versus use their, their teammates utility to surprise people. or their strategy. In which case that was wait yeah. until the entire team comes onto site, not make noise. Exactly. Right. Like yeah, that was utility. That was strategy. He obviously yeah. set himself up in a, in a way that was really good in the scenario to get those aim duels. But yeah. Yeah. You're saying that like on average, if you're taking an even aim duel, what's the score on it? Yeah, exactly. And and just to be clear, I'm not saying that people who would have a lower aim duel win rate are worse players. I just think it'd be really interesting to see, you know, what players are really good at looking another player in the eyes who also has like a phantom or a vandal or an op versus phantom or vandal and winning that out 
versus players who are really good at getting into positions or working with their team to be in a situation where they get an unfair gunfight in their favor. Like, I think that'd be so cool to see. And there's no real like automatic way to do that. Like you'd have to have a person like grade each encounter, but I think that would be really neat to be able to see that stat. Yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, if someone wants to start that business. Exactly. Yeah. I'd probably pay for Mm -hmm. it. Just because (laughs) fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that definitely would be really cool, but like, I feel like there are a bunch of things that are, like, subjective in that regard, right? Like... Well, for sure, for sure. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't get negative points. Like, it's only... No, no, no. I know I know that you yeah. can't get, like, negative points. But, like, there are things that, while something on paper could look like a fair gunfight, like, maybe aren't, right? Like, say, say you're in a situation where, like, you're on a full buy, right? But you're hearing multiple footsteps coming at you. Like you're hiding behind some box on site. Right. And you hear like multiple footsteps coming at you from either direction. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, like, Oh shit. I don't know which way to look. Do I look left? Do I look right? Like even if the guy on the side that you're looking at swings you, you're still distracted by the footsteps. You're you're still distracted by the footsteps that you're hearing coming from the other side. Like it, but like, that's not something that like is easy to necessarily tell just by nature of, watching it back right like there, there's i feel like it, it's it's hard to do because there are certain elements in the game that it's not like oh i got flashed and that's why this person won the gunfight and like that was an unfair gunfight um like there's a lot of things like even if i turn the flash so i never got flashed but like now i gotta reset my crosshair and maybe, yeah, yeah, like, I don't have my crosshair reset, uh, like, in time, right? There's it's a million like, little things. Yeah, there's so well, many little things yeah. that how do, you, how do you appropriately determine, like, like I, like, I understand there being base metrics, right? If the person mm-hmm. is, like, fully flashed off, you get, like, plus 0.25, right? Like, right. I understand they can come up with, like, hard metrics for things like that. But, like, uh, like how much do you get if, like, the sky flashes behind me? So I get, like, the partial blind, right? Like, how do you... Yeah. Like, there, there's so many little things that I just feel like make it so inconsistent to try and grade. And if you just had one individual person, right? Like, one dude who graded everybody. I feel like I could see the consistency in that. Right? Even across all these small variations. But as soon as you expand that to having multiple people doing this, I feel like it, it just it doesn't lose all its value, but it definitely loses a decent bit. See, as soon I, as there are multiple I think what you there. do is you bucket it, right? So all of these small things, you have like a, a certain subsect of situations, and that's worth this amount of points, say, right? And you can bucket them into these groups that are, you know easily manageable for someone who really knows what they're talking about and is doing this uh like review and point awarding system right and so you have a consistent way that you grade all of these interactions and then over the number of interactions in many games then you have a score in which those little inconsistencies of like what's the difference between this and this within the same bucket don't matter as much because you know even if it's not many games if it's the three games of a five game series yeah like Like, you have 
you have enough interactions there and enough things that over that span of them will average itself out amongst each other. Okay, but then all of that, all of that, like, I, I fully understand what you're saying, and I feel like that would work across the average of three games. But then, and again, this would also probably just get averaged out. But I'm saying there are definitely lucky scenarios where, like, I fired two headhunter bullets, right? I'm aiming for the first guy. I get the first guy. But I kind of panicked and shot a second bullet. And somebody swings out right as that second bullet's coming out. And I get that kill too, right? Yeah. Okay, I Cass, I feel like... Go ahead. Go ahead. Both of those? You're just oh, like re- you're reading into it a lot. Like, there, there has to be... This is a, a scenario which is not going to happen. It's too much fucking work. But, like, there would be, quote-unquote, like a set thing for if that happened right mm-hmm. like that's something that the person watching it has to recognize and attribute right. to the score yeah we're just like oh fuck like that was lucky but like i mean but they're all the times like when you guys are playing right you guys you guys have definitely had those moments you're like oh fuck that was lucky yeah but on yeah. face value it just looked like a good play well, here's the thing, Cass. I wanted to kind of take it back to the inspiration for this, which is pro football focus. And sometimes I get really pissed off at pro football focus because they, for the NFL, they'll grade someone poorly. And I'll say, like, they ha- yeah, they have limitations, but they and their team are playing with great, like, you know, cognizance of what those limitations are. And they are performing effectively even if you say, oh, well, they lost this blocking battle or whatever here or there. And so that that's the, and so I feel like that's the important thing about, you know, this whole system, which is that, yeah, there are going to be some times where people make weird calls who are making this, who are doing this grading. And if this shouldn't be taken as some sort of gospel on how good players are, it just would be really cool to be able to have this additional metric to look at and and see the big differences because all those little situations you said of you know firing the additional bullet of having people approach you from different angles yeah those situations will happen but there'll be a minority of the situations overall and so like if you look at someone's career over the over even like you know an lcq or something and you see someone with double the score of someone else most likely that's not all because of those like you know 50 50 scenarios like that is telling you something and that's sort of what what my thought was on it. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit yeah. No, no, I, I agree. In broad, in broad mm-hmm. strokes, it, it is very viable. Um, yeah. But but on that note, I think we should be wrapping up here. Um, I agree. Yeah, are... we're we're a bit past the two hour mark. I think who knows when it comes down to to all the editing. That's a that's a hunter mm-hmm. job. But um, so it is. Uh, let me actually. Can I add with something super fast? Yeah, go for it. So I felt like this would be very uh, lame to not add, but uh, we were talking about Cypher buffs or today's cam earlier, and earlier today, which is um, Wednesday the 24th um, for us, uh, in the Agent Ideas channel in our Discord server, people were talking about buffs for Cypher alt of either suppressing the enemy team as well as revealing them temporarily, or my idea after hearing that and not loving the idea of suppression of saying, what if, like, everyone was tagged by a cypher cam dart for, like, a certain amount of seconds so they didn't have to pull anything out, they couldn't pull anything out, but now they're continuously tagged for a few seconds. So I don't know that we really need to dive into that discussion, I just thought that would be worth throwing out there since that connected to cypher. 
which I we mean, it, I think it's worth throwing out that if you want to continue that discussion, hop into the Discord. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. It, obviously, it's going on in the Agent Shadows channel. It might be a few days old at this point, but, you know, fucking bring it back up. Yeah, revive that shit. All right. And uh, with that, we will hope you see you in the Discord, and we will drink with you later.